I want to invite you to imagine 2,000 years ago that you were one of the 12. You were one of the 12 apostles. And after you have your initial encounter with, with Jesus, you leave everything to follow Him. And you leave everyone. You leave your job. You leave your home. You leave your family. You leave your friends. You leave absolutely everything and everyone that you know to follow Jesus. And for three years, you walk with Christ. And you participate in ministry. You heal the sick in His name and you watch the dead being raised. You see the Lord walk on water and cast out demons. You participate in prayer with Him on a daily basis in the morning and the evening and at night. You travel with Him all over town. For three years, you give up everything to be with Jesus. And after three years of ministry with the Lord, you have the Last Supper with Him. And at the Last Supper, He tells you and the others, you will all abandon Me. And you think to yourself, there's no way that I'm going to abandon you, Jesus. I gave up everything for you just to be with you. I'm not going to abandon you. And then after he tells you this, you, you go out with him into the garden and he goes to pray and he says, just sit here and watch and pray for one hour. And one by one, each and every single one of you fall asleep. Not just you, but like everybody. Peter's sleeping. James is sleeping. John is sleeping. Everybody's asleep. No one can pray. No one can do this one small thing that Jesus asked. And then Judas comes with guards. And there are more guards than there are apostles. And you're all filled with fear and worry. And, and a fight breaks out and Peter begins to fight, but then there's just too many of them. And one by one, you notice each one of the apostles running away. And because they're all doing it, and it's a traumatic event because you're watching Jesus, this man that you gave everything up for, you're watching him get beat up too, and now you're afraid as well. And so with everyone else who's afraid, you run away. And then Jesus Christ is put in prison, he's put on trial. He's put to death. Then on the third day, Jesus is raised from the dead. He comes back. And He appears to the apostles. Except for you. He appears to Peter. And He appears to James. And He appears to John. And He appears to, to Simon and the Zealot. He appears to everyone but you, Thomas. How do you think you feel right now? You, you probably feel hurt. You probably feel a little betrayed, right? Because, yeah, I know I sinned against you, God. Like, I know I messed up. I did mess up, but so did they. Everyone messed up. Everyone left you. Everyone abandoned you. Everyone betrayed you. Everyone sinned against you, God. Everyone did. So why would you then go to them and not me? I don't get it. 
We all sinned against you. Yeah, you told us we would do it and we did it, but why would you go to them and say peace be with you to them and show them your wounds and breathe your spirit on them and give them the gift to absolve sins through the sacrament of reconciliation when you knew that I wouldn't be there? Why would you know this? Because you're God. You're God and God knows everything. He knows the past, the present, the future. He knows everything and he knew I wouldn't be there. So whenever Jesus... The Son of God appears to the apostles, and they're all really excited that they received this great gift. And when Thomas comes back home, he was clearly with them. He comes back home, and Jesus is gone. They say, guess what? We saw him. Of course he's going to say, I don't believe you. I won't believe you. I will not believe that my best friend, who I left everything for, I gave up everything. I gave up my, my work, my money everything for this guy, I won't believe that he would do me like that. He would not appear to y'all, not to me. Unless I see it with my, my own eyes and touch it with my own hands, I'm not going to believe. Do you see this story a little bit different now? We, we, we call him Doubting Thomas, but he was really hurting. But the beautiful thing about Thomas is that he was hurting and he didn't keep it inside. How many of us, whenever we're experiencing pain or suffering, we just keep it all to ourselves? We don't actually acknowledge it. We don't relate it to anybody. We don't relate it to a counselor. We don't relate it to the priest. We don't relate it to God. We just keep it all inside. And then we go to prayer. We come to church with a fake mask on. We come here and we act like everything's okay. And we, we sing praises to God. Hallelujah to God. And we love you, God. And we worship you, God. We adore you, God. Everything's great. And we do our, our fathers and our Hail Marys and our glory bees. And then we go. But we were never authentic with God. We were fake. We were fake in the presence of the Lord. We came here upset, but we put on this show that I'm not upset. God wants for us to imitate Thomas. If there's any apostle that we should be imitating, it's Thomas, because Thomas was real. He was authentic. He was vulnerable. He was struggling, and he did not keep it to himself. He acknowledged it, and he related it. He brought it into the light. Rather than calling him Doubting Thomas, we should call him the, like Vulnerable Thomas. So Thomas brings it to the light. And what does Jesus do when Thomas brings this to the light? Does he say, I'm going to reject you now, Thomas. I'm not going to want you anymore. I'm not going to call you anymore because you said you doubt me. No. The very first thing he does is he shows Thomas his wounds and he responds to Thomas's prayer that he related. And he says, okay, Thomas, I'm going to now allow you to go somewhere where no other apostle has ever gone before. Peter and James and John and Simon the Zealot and Matthew the tax collector. No other apostle was then invited by Jesus to touch his wounds. Because Thomas was real and because Thomas exposed his wounds to the light, because he didn't come to God and say, oh, everything's great. Because he came hurting and expressed his hurt and frustration to the Lord. The Lord received the wounds of Thomas and invited Thomas to place his wounds inside of his wounds. He not only showed his wounds to Thomas, but he invited Thomas to enter deep within, to go places that no one else had ever gone before, into the body of Christ. 
And because Thomas went so deep within the heart of Jesus in his prayer, which is what relationship is, Thomas ended up being the apostle who went the farthest in ministry. He literally brought the Catholic Church all the way to India, the farthest than any other apostle. He went so far in his work. He went so far in his ministry because he went so far with God in his prayer. And he was able to go so deep with God in prayer because he was honest. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, and he invites us to also enter deep, enter deep within his wounds. He wants for us to come to him as we are, acknowledging our, our thoughts, acknowledging our feelings, acknowledging our desires. Acknowledge, even if you don't like them, acknowledge them and relate them to him. So that, that we too, like Thomas, can then also go deep within his wounds. And if we come with our stuff to Christ in prayer, then God will do for us today what he did for Thomas yesterday. And that is this, God will transform our wounds into wellsprings of, of mercy. And these wellsprings of mercy will not just be wellsprings of mercy just for me, but they will be wellsprings of mercy for others so that this encounter that I now have had with God because I came to God as I am will be a bridge for other people to also come to Him, to be with Him, to remain in Him. And if we can persevere in remaining in an authentic and in a real and a vulnerable relationship with God, with Jesus on earth, then our Lord promises us that we will abide, abide together in relationship with God, Father and Son and Spirit, not only while we are on earth, but forever in the kingdom of heaven.